0: This is podcast 184, entitled Hysteria. The reference is to a uh, movie... That was created by Hammer Films and scripted by Jimmy Sangster in 1965, and the music you've just heard is Tubby Hayes, a very celebrated um, jazz musician playing the theme to another Jimmy Sangster-scripted movie entitled Crescendo, and this uh, podcast is actually very actual, very relevant, at least as I see it, because it helps to illuminate what sometimes goes on in your life called Conspiracy. And you might almost say that it talks about setups in which you may or may not have been a part. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably only been involved in the kind of situation that I'm going to talk about um, on the receiving end, although you were partly to blame because there's always two sides to every story, and every time a person is framed or set up, they put themselves somehow in the position. But I want to talk a little bit about um, manipulation, conspiracy, and politics, the most intimate one-to-one kind of politics, not sexual politics, but political politics in, um, in uh, families and in lawsuits and in jobs and in career and in ambition. And I hope it will be a kind of a light on some things that you may have thought about and certainly may have been a kind of part of the spider spinning its web for the unwary fly. The blood is the life, Mr. Renfield, says Count Dracula, as poor Mr. Renfield played by Dwight Fry in 1931 walks through a large and vast cobwebbed spider's web. Now, um, Hysteria is um, a uh, movie uh, starring a rather little-known American actor today, um, but is a brilliantly crafted little suspense tale that Hammer Studios put out. Oh, they've put out about seven or eight of these after the success of Psycho. But what makes them... Um, kind of uh, enduring. It has nothing to do with when they were made or the context in which they were made or the fact that they were. They all sort of have a kind of a 60s look, although in fact they're universal. The photography is so good and the stories are so uh, profoundly undoing that they are universal. But uh, these stories all turn on an interesting kind of um, idea. This is to say that two people who are involved prior to the events in the movie, two people who are usually romantically involved and should not be, as it were, not as it were, but should not be, are carrying on, um, employ a third party, A person who is not at all in on the situation, an innocent third party, but who kind of bumbles into the situation. And then the people who are actually doing the act become complicit to take this bumbler person who's intruded into their lives and using the third person to kill or get rid of a fourth person. Now, let me repeat that. Two people use a third party to get rid of a fourth party or to accomplish something that is connected to a fourth party. This uh, uh, kind of what is today, I think, uh, too uh, easily called a trope, because it's different in every case, is uh, the kind of plot set up for movies that Jimmy Sangster, the very, very creative uh, English um, writer of screenplays, now deceased, wrote, um, all of which, let me list them, um, Scream of Fear, Maniac, Nightmare, paranoiac, hysteria, uh, about which this podcast is, fear in the night, and crescendo. There may be one or two others, but I think those are they. And almost all of these, in some form or another, concern two people who are, are scheming to use a third party who kind of lucklessly and not discerningly falls into a trap of being in their lives. And the two wicked people use the third party to... bump off a fourth party or somehow accomplish an end that involves a fourth reality. And in these movies, you're constantly switching perspectives as you do in Psycho, uh, usually halfway to two-thirds of the way through in which everything that you thought was true turns out not to be true, but there's another fact that you didn't know that makes it all understandable even though you were totally wrong the first time and completely right the second time or the third time because they pull switcheroos and um the uh, uh hysteria is sometimes thought to be the least of them but i think it's very good you can watch it on youtube in full it's a black and white movie uh, directed by freddie francis and it's brilliantly photographed and um it involves a man who has had uh who has amnesia because he was in an automobile accident he just by chance, he happened to be in a car that was driven by somebody who was killed in a crash, and he himself lost his memory. And it turns out, and please don't talk about spoilers again. I won't give away the details of it, but this movie has been out since 1965. I mean, it's like when we, you know, Hamlet, and you were writing about it, and you said, spoiler alert, you know, the king <laughs> killed Hamlet's father. I mean, is that really fair to call that a spoiler alert? Um, well, um, you know, uh, Christ is crucified. Is that a spoiler alert? Um, The uh, poor amnesiac uh, is sort of a dumb and uh, rather brusque and pretty self centered American chap. Handsome though is um, recovering and the doctor who is treating him in an English uh, hospital conceives of the idea of playing on this man's illness, his amnesia in particular, to To get him to murder his wife the doctor is going to use this man to murder the doctor's wife uh, by pulling the wool over his eyes and convincing the poor hapless fellow that he's in a scenario completely differently than he's actually in and the doctor is going to use in particular the doctor's lover who is a very wealthy woman uh, who wants to marry the doctor nevertheless you look at the doctor and you say how could someone that beautiful marry that guy but anyway that's an, the sleazoid fellow but nevertheless that's what she wants to do and together they concoct a sp- bell to throw the third party into hysteria so he will end up in a variety of interesting plot situations killing the doctor's wife. That's four characters now this is a brilliant conceit because what happens is that the, the, the hero doesn't know what's going on and he never knows what's going on and you as the watcher don't know what's going on and suddenly about you know three quarters of the way into it um it's revealed what's really going on and then you say oh my gosh and then everything makes sense and and you, you have to completely shift you like you have to take your head and go you have to turn it around like in The Exorcist in order to understand a completely different perspective. And let me ask you this. Has this ever happened in your life? I mean, honestly, have you ever had a kind of... <clears throat> epistemological, I guess today they'd call it an aha, a a sudden vision into what had actually happened in your life that you didn't understand till later. You realized later that things were true about what was happening to you, that at the time you had absolutely no idea of. You were in a sense profoundly taken advantage of by your own ignorance and lack of experience. Um, This uh, happened to me uh, a long time ago, and I can't and won't go into the details, but um, I was uh, entrapped. Uh, that's too, st- no, it's not too strong a word, it's even a worse word. I was put in a position by someone uh, in a position of superiority over me uh, in which I was required to um, make a decision. That was against my will, nothing, we're not talking about anything uh, criminal here <laughs> remotely, but nevertheless, I was uh, forced to make a decision on the basis of some, uh, uh, of a presentation. And th- then, uh, a few years later, I found out that the person who had pressured me was actually motivated by an entirely different motivation than I thought. And in fact, I had been a, an innocent third party to help uh, this particular entity and another entity accomplish an end that they themselves had conceived which I had absolutely 100% zero knowledge of and was used so that they could accomplish this end and in fact there was success now ultimately it wasn't successful because um, there is uh, what is it that the the, the villains get their desserts uh, invariably it's an invariable rule and the whole thing failed eventually but no thanks to me but I was a third person who was used by two others to accomplish an end involving a fourth entity that uh, and it was successful And it was only much later that I realized, now what happens, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably somebody who's a bit of an innocent. You probably aren't a person of great guile, or else you wouldn't be listening to this. You wouldn't be in the ministry, or you wouldn't be a, someone who's interested in the kind of Christianity, or the version, the, the very inspired version of uh, the gospel, actually the gospel, that Mockingbird uh, is uh, attempting to represent and offer as generations before us have uh, to a starving and hungry world. But there are people out there who are actually out for themselves. I was reading a statement the other day from somebody in Hollywood who said that he had come to believe that egotism at its most extreme, he had seen in Hollywood where the absolute cardinal rule was protect yourself. The absolute cardinal rule in the circles in which this person had been traveling was whatever you do, Looking out for number one is a massive and universal mandate and principle for those people that, with whom he was dealing, and he was always shocked by how strongly that came into play when anyone else's uh, interests were in some perceived conflict with his own. He always got the short end, and I'm talking about the murderous short end. I'm sure there are many, many books and movies that have been... Written about this, but um, Sankster's scripts, uh, these movies, will uh, show you that um, this happens in life all the time. What movies and works of literature do, they just take it a step further. They carry it so far into the realm of the imagination that it's able to get to you. You're able to – when I saw Hysteria, I saw aspects of my life in a new way. I realized that, oh my gosh, that's what it was. I was used in the same way that the amnesiac American young drifter, you might say, is used – by two people whom he has never met or doesn't know about really at all, who one of whom appears to be benign, and he is – both of them appear to be benign. And he is used by these people in, to in, in, in order to, to be a part of their prearranged uh, proactive plan. He is simply step four in a plan that has about six or seven steps. And it is – I've met a few people in, along the way like this. Maybe you have who are always ten steps ahead of you. Someone once explained that a well-known American person uh, that he knew quite well um, – was, um, uh, always was 10 steps ahead, everybody. And then he said, well, I like to be four or five steps ahead of my clients. And I said, well, I'm usually two or three steps behind. (laughs) You know, sad to say, which accounts for a career, you know, gone uh, awry. Uh, But you can apply it to yourself. But um, what happens in these brilliant Sangster movies is that you see that uh, you can be used uh, and um, pay a a terrible uh, price for your own naivete. Now, I'm not saying The interesting thing about the third party and all of these um, – in all of these movies, and again, I'm thinking Paranoiac, um, um, uh, the, um, um, Nightmare is a classic example of it. Uh, these are all movies by Hammer in the 60s. Nightmare is brilliant. Uh, t- 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 a scream of Fear with uh, Susan Strasberg. It's a, that's probably the best of them. Compulsion with Stephanie Powers. Um, and um, Judy Gieson in, uh, is it, that's Scream of Fear, or Fear in the Night, I get them confused. And obviously um, the uh, sort of American um, actor in The Pretty Daughter, played by Lillian Bruce in uh, Maniac, uh, with the character, the evil character in Maniac, uh, after many twists of the plot, says to the hapless, uh, f- uh, uh, the the hapless, uh, I, I think it's a, uh, uh, um, I think it's a, uh, I can't remember if it's, a, if it's a woman or a man, but he says to the hapless person who happened into this villainous scheme, you know, if you hadn't butt in, this wouldn't be happening to you, says the villain. If you hadn't butt in, well, the same is true in Crescendo when a, uh, uh, a young, impressionable American art student butts in, or music student, I should say, butts in to a situation unknowingly that is, she's way over her head. Or, um, you know, Marion Crane in Psycho, she, she, if she hadn't stopped at the Bates Motel because she was on the run from the police for stealing $40,000 – Ten million dollars, Austin Powers. She, um, if she hadn't stolen the money, she wouldn't have been forced to stop at the Bates Motel. And the same is true of Stephanie Powers from Crescendo, and the young American guy played by Robert Weber in Hysteria, and um, of the, uh, the poor characters in Maniac, and et cetera, et cetera. They're all the same. Now, so what I'm trying to say, I'm extrapolating from that to say, if you hadn't sort of wanted something that you weren't entitled to or been anxious about uh, nailing down something or, or clarifying a situation, if you hadn't needed to be involved in a situation or hadn't been drawn to uh, put your oar in out of anxiety or fear or drives of your own, you would not have uh, suddenly gotten involved with Godzilla. There's a great line in a Miami Vice episode, I think, but it may be crime story with Dennis Farina. When someone says, you don't understand, talking to the low-level detective, Godzilla is coming to town. In other words, you've just been dealing with sort of routine uh, drug dealers, quote, routine, et cetera, et cetera. But but now— Uh, something so big, so huge, so evil, so massive, so uh, uh, um, insuperable is coming at you that it's now Godzilla. Get out of the way. And all of these sort of characters, like the proverbial young person in the haunted house who always invariably is drawn to the one worst place that he or she can be alone, you know, breaks away from the crowd. Ah! Don't um, these people are all drawn like a candle to the flame into a situation way uh, above them. So what I want to say to you before we conclude with a, um, a song that is pure pleasure as opposed to this rather heavy theme is that... Um, Uh, two things first uh, we live in a world of Godzillas if you don't for one second think that the world is uh, on your side is uh, think don't think for a single second that the world the flesh and the devil are not out to get you now that may sound unduly pessimistic it's not pessimistic it's freeing you remember what um Herd said uh but the fact is it's too hot in the kitchen and escapism is a good thing if 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 the situation is irremediable and impossible then the only wise thing to do is to get out thus at the end of crescendo when stephanie powers is exposed to the real horror and the real viciousness and malice and forethought uh of the uh the uh, the motives of the people with whom she's found her she's cast her lot willingly and uh in every sense, she's given herself to a situation. When she suddenly sees what it actually is, all she can do is run and scream out of the house as far as she can. And the rather uh, b- 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 doer ending of Crescendo from 1970 is this lengthy series of shots of her running, 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 but it's the only thing she can do. And similarly, in Hysteria, fortunately, there is a kind of uh, deus ex machina in Hysteria by which the clueless, luckless, and rather unscrupulous, but at a very small level hero is... Um, is helped by a detective played by Morris Denham and a wonderful nurse played by uh, Mary Zahl. I mean, uh, Jennifer Jane, J-A-Y-N-E. And now this is uh, uh, powerful uh, because um, flee Godzillas. Never think that you are... um, able to be stronger than anyone else. Um, a, is probably not true. And if you think you are, that will fall. And if you do want to be as strong as they, you're making a very big mistake about power. You yourself are your own worst enemy because you think something is good and valid and true and weighty and significant that is exactly the opposite. So um, do like herd, um, get out of the kitchen. Uh, that would be my thought. And secondly, um, y- y- you never know everything. I'm wondering if you can apply this to a situation in your own life. When I was in Washington, I kept meeting uh, wonderful, uh, in this case, m- men who had had significant jobs. Some had come from far off uh, off, off world uh, to work in a certain administration in the government, and others had come in uh, with a certain administration as part of it. And almost all of them had uh, achieved some considerable influence in the United States government at some point, and almost all of them had fallen. Now, I don't mean massively fallen, I don't mean fallen scandalously, but simply they had made a misstep along the way, or they had miscalculated a little bit the nature of the opposition. They had miscalculated a little bit the nature of the resistance, and most importantly, they had miscalculated their own ability to handle uh, some situation, of very subtle and powerful Byzantine conflict. I could give you chapter and verse, and I saw it when I was a little boy, again and again and again. And... um, this is why the true story about many retirements is often a catastrophic uh, fall that was, uh, 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 came right when a person thought they were at the height. Uh, my friend Lloyd Fonville, may he rest in peace truly and sincerely and most heartfeltedly. Um, always quoted, uh, was it von Clausewitz who said that the most vulnerable time in a battle is when you think you've won? He quoted many examples in world history of when a general has uh, has won uh, and all is going his army's way and the enemy is retreating, but he makes a slight... Um, he he closes his eyes for a minute or he's not quite wakeful or he is a little bit punch drunk and he thinks he can overextend himself just a little bit to to cash in on the great victory and then uh, he is suddenly attacked from the side or some very wily person on the other side um, pincers it in a weird way or sees a point of vulnerability and turns the tide and actually wins. So this is something that if you want to get involved with power, be resigned to never sleep as long as you live like King Herod. Uh, Stay away from it if you possibly can, and if it's ever happened to you, I hope this has illuminated you a little bit, you've seen it, you'll know that uh, you were had mightily, and you're very, very fortunate not to be dead at this moment. On that note, we will end with a pure note of pleasure, as opposed to Tubby Hayes with the ironic um, solo we heard at the beginning from Crescendo, Jimmy Sangster's 1970 sort of masterpiece, minor masterpiece, and we'll move into something pure pleasure by what has been, for all Intents and purposes are house band. The Guess Who I was a workshop owner in the guns for the people and I offered myself to the world. was Workshop owner was a workshop owner. I was, a workshop owner. I was a piece of fix the deal.